Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game On. We are talking high school football today. He's Drew Markle. I'm Todd Thorpe. We're with the the Intelligencer and the Bucks County Courier Times. And today we are we have arrived to playoff time of year. Um, it may seem like it took a long time to get here, but it doesn't seem like it's that long after all. But uh, we have a few games this week, so why don't we start breaking them down and um, as well as give a little idea of uh, where some of these teams uh, can end up uh, if they have potential going even further. Drew, we're going to start out in Class 6A, District 1, Penridge, the number one seed, undefeated at 5-0, playing the always powerful Coatesville Red Raiders. And uh, that game is Friday night at Penridge. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you make of the Rams' chances in that one? Uh, I'll tell you, they've you know, had a heck of a season. You know, it's just – you wonder how, how they will do – you know, you have that Coatesville name and uh, – you know, that, that's synonymous the last, I got at least five, 10 years with, you know, winning district titles, playing for district titles, being, you know, so good and kind of like the, you know, like the beast of the district. Um, and, you know, if the Penridge, Shane Hartzell, they're all everything linebacker, you know, he got hurt last week against, in the win against Abington. They need to have him. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a tremendous, you know, spiritual leader for that whole, that whole team, you know, he's an all state linebacker two years ago. He missed last year with an injury, but uh, you know, he watched him play. He, you know, he, he makes just, you know, every, it seems like he makes every tackle, you know, that he, they need to get him back. He, you know, hurt his ribs last week and, you know, hopefully for them, you know, he'll be able to, <clears throat> to return because that would be a big help, you know, against the Coatesville team that as you, as you know, you've seen them over the years too. I mean, just to, you know, they, they pursue the ball a ton of speed and, you know, you have to, you know, you have to earn it against them. So that'll be, it'll be a tough one. I mean, kind of, you know, Penridge is a, as a one seed, you know, when you, when you only have four teams in the district making the playoffs, you know, everybody's going to be pretty good, but, you know, they, they got, you could say they got a little bit unlucky that Coatesville was fourth, you know, in this, in this spot, but what are you going to do? I guess, I guess the one thing, I mean, it might be a bright spot. It might not be, um, is that we don't really know being on this side of the county what Coachville has this year. I mean, they go by reputation, and you know they had the kid, the kid, the kid Ortega as their quarterback the last four years before this. Uh, a lot of their talent position players that went on to Division One, they're not there anymore. So I assume they have good players. They're four and zero, but they've only played four games, and you don't really know who they've played and who they've beaten. Um, I guess that's one positive if you look at you know Pembroke has a fighting chance being home and. And the way they play defense, you never know. No, sure. no, you're right. I mean, you know, Penridge has beaten some good teams. You know, they they, they beat a good Abington team. You know, Abington gave them a, a battle. And, you know, there's the first time, you know, Penridge had trailed all season was against Abington last week, you know, and they came back and answered the bell. Um, 
you know, and without Hartzell and scored, you know, the, the go ahead touchdown. And, the, and they, you know, they shut out a very good Nishamani team. So it's not like Penridge is untested. <clears throat> um, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, who, who I think wins. I give a slight edge to Coatesville, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if Penridge won. All right. And the, and the other district semifinal has Souderton, 5-0, and playing at Springford of, out of the Pioneer Athletic Conference. They're 6-0. They played another game. Um, you know, Souderton's kind of been that team that, that you know, you didn't really know what they had. They had Jalen White, the running back, back. But, you, you know, he was banged up a little bit earlier in the year. Um, all they've done is go out and win and win pretty convincingly week in, week out. Um, you know, I'm sure they're in the same boat. You don't know what Springford has. And, I mean, they know. They probably watch film. But, you know, in terms of big names and reputation and everything, you don't know. Um, what do you make of Souderton's chances? And I guess their biggest chances that they're playing, and they haven't punched their chance that way. Sure they do. Um, I was I was over earlier this week talking to Southern coach Ed Gallagher, and uh, you know they're you know they're watching film on Spring Ford, and he had said after their Week One win over you know what's turned out to be a pretty good Quakertown team, um, you know, they trailed in that game at the half against Quakertown and came back in the second half to beat them, and Quakertown hasn't has hasn't lost since they they ran off four straight wins. You know uh, Ed Gallagher said then that, you know, we're young. We lost a ton to graduation um, from a district playoff team from a year ago. And they lost a lot, but he said, we, he goes, we're, I said, we're pretty good. We just have to, we just have to get things rolling. And as the season goes along, you know, we're going to get better and better as, as these younger players who can play are going to show what they can do. Now, you know, would they have been helped maybe by, a, you know, a longer season? Well, it's hard to say, but maybe, you know, probably get more experience, but, you know, we don't have that, but here they are, um, you know, five and zero. Oh, uh, you know, with the win over, like we said, win over Quaker Town, a, a good win over Upper Dublin, and uh, you know they go in, you know they go in sky high, and they should. I mean, you know, the the, the fact that you, you talk to their players, like they're like everybody else, they were just glad to have a season, and now you you throw a district playoff, you know, appearance on top of that, you know, that's pretty cool. That's not too bad. Let's, let's dip out of District 1, well, not really, but close enough, to um, some teams that have already qualified for the state playoffs. Uh, the way states are working, I guess, the winner of these games go on to the quarterfinals in their classifications. Um, 4A, Upper Moreland 4-1. Uh, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw against Quakertown last week. They played Bonner Prendergast out of the Catholic League um, in that first-round state playoff game. Bonner's had some pretty good wins, it looks like, pretty lopsided wins. Um, it's tough to really gauge on how a, a team like Upper Moreland would – Compared to a Catholic League team, don't you think? It, it, sure, Todd. It absolutely is. I mean, like you had, like you had mentioned earlier, when you you get these matchups in a in a you know in a quote normal year, you're you're looking at you know a, a ten game body of work before you get to the playoffs. Now you're having teams, some teams with five games, some teams that's had six games, some teams had four games. You know, it, it is really really difficult to gauge. Um, you know, but for Upper Moreland, the question is. You know, you're 4-0 going up to Quakertown, you know, last week, and you, you get you get thumped pretty good. You know, can you bounce back? Uh, you know, that'll be the test. I mean, you know, Bonner Prendergast is, you know, historically a pretty good program, but now you're playing, you know, a, a school that, you know, the same in Rummy Quakertown. I mean, Upper Moreland's a 4A team, but now they're playing, you know, a, you know another 4A, you know, enrollment school. So I think it's just a matter of can they bounce back and – 
and we'll you know we'll just have to see what happens because we really like like you had mentioned we really don't know all right we're gonna move down to class 3a where new hope solberry um you know took some lumps had some high spots in their in their first year in the sol american they will play in the three a first round game against another team out of the catholic league, archbishop carroll now it's worth noting this team was supposed to be newman garetti who had the better, right. the better record um newman not the first team ran into some COVID cases at school they had to bounce bounce out so carroll steps in and um i imagine for new hope it's going to be a similar type challenge i mean you're going to go up against uh you know pretty good athletic catholic league team and We'll see how New Hope matches up. I mean, it's going to be a challenge for him, I guess. Yeah, but, I mean, th this Todd, this one kind of sums up the whole COVID thing that you you here you had you know New Hope supposed to play Team A, and now they're playing Team B, and Team A beat Team B, but since but since Team A can't go because of COVID, we'll just slide in you know Team B, you know a Carol in this case, and I you know it, it's just. I don't think it'll affect New Hope. You know, the, the opponent, you know, they, they hadn't played either one of them. So, you know, maybe maybe Carroll gets a little more inspiration because they're given a second life, you know. But it's just, if there's ever a, a, a you know, a scenario that, that defined this whole pandemic mess, this is the one. And, and you know, good for New Hope. I mean, you know, Jim DeTulio, their head coach, you know, he's built that program into a team that, you know, that, that makes the playoffs every year and does well. And, and when they play schools, their size, you know, they, they, they show what they can do. So I'm not surprised there, you know, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they won this one. Yeah. And ironically, Carroll was supposed to play. They didn't think they were going to be in the playoffs. They were supposed to play a game that Pens with Pensbury that Pensbury added on. Um, so now they have to turn around and say, sorry, Pensbury, we can't play. Now Pensbury has gone out and found a, Manheim Township out of District 3 to come all the way mm -hmm. to Fairless Hills to play on Friday night. So good for Pensbury to get that last game. Wow. Um, okay. yeah, I, I'm sure by Tuesday when they found out that Carroll was not available, they had to do a little scrambling. Now, the funny thing is, is New Hope had a game scheduled earlier in the year with Council Rock North for this week. But they found out a couple weeks ago they were going to be in this playoff game. So North, North did some scrambling, and North is playing CB East. And, um, you know, it's kind of another – some of these contingency games are funny, but it's easy to, to see teams matching up. And, like, Springfield Monco is playing a lot of good teams from bigger conferences, and they fared pretty well. So it's, it's interesting. But let's, let's, let's focus on the playoffs for now. I know that, you know, playoffs aren't your favorite thing. And but one district that seemingly did things a little bit more sensical was up in District 11. Um, and Palisades, which ran into its own COVID situation last week, um, right. before – that before you get into the playoff preview, they host a game on Saturday against Panther Valley. Palisades is the number one seed in Class 2A District 11. The winner of this tournament does not go to states, but they get to bring home the District 11 championship. And, and I've covered some of those District 11 championships. There's a little bit more special meaning up there, even when there is a state playoff, to winning that title. Those schools up there have a, a certain a lot of um, a lot of uh, localness about them, parochialness about them, and they really. Sure they really care about winning that, that regional title. And so I think you're going to, you're, you're going to see a pretty heated tournament and, and Palisades, you know, they're going out of the league and playing Panther Valley. You know, the Pirates have had a pretty good season, five and two. Uh, you know, what do you think of their chances there in two A? Well, you know, you, you mentioned the district 11 with the, you know, the, the provincialism. I, it, to me, that's not a bad thing at all, you know, in high school football. Um, 
Palisades head coach Ramey Musa, we were talking the other day at a uh, at practice, and you know he said one thing he liked about having this 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 tournament was you know the winner is going to obviously end their season with a win. You know, and a lot of times, unless you win a state title, you know, you you end with a loss along the way to the state title game. You know, this way you're going to be a district champion, and then okay, and and that's it. And then that's that's a pretty neat thing. So, you know, eight eight teams in this tournament. Um, you know, Palisades, unlike you know every every other school that we cover, you know, they got seven games in it, and they would have gotten, uh, you know, the game with Salkin Valley last week, but they pulled up to the, they pulled up the Salkin Valley on their buses and the, and the, the, the gates were locked and um, the Salkin Valley players were, you know, standing there in their uniforms, you know, getting ready to warm up. And then they word comes out that there were a couple of COVID cases in the Salkin Valley school district and they just canceled the game. I mean, I mean, talk about, you know, getting uh, left at the altar, but I think Palisades has, absolutely has a legit shot. Mason Smealan, the senior running back is uh, he's a stud and, you know, you're the top seed against a, a Panther Valley team that's only won two games. I mean, you know, you you win this one now. Now all of a sudden you're in the semis and, you know, you're two steps away. Yeah, and one of the other cool things about that term, you said a team gets to end the season with a win. And that's kind of cool. But also what I've seen, and I remember Palisades a few years ago, having to go play Conwell Egan in a state playoff game after having a 10-0 and regular season or 9-1 and regular season or whatever that was, and they end up getting their doors blown off, and that's how they ended the season. Sometimes it's pretty drastic. I mean, you, you'd hope yeah. that when you get to state level playoffs, they're all evenly matched teams. But I think, you know, you know, different parts of the state are different. And then you go into the whole private school and recruiting things. And it's, it's a lot of times you end your season on a real sour note. And right. by this regard, you're going to end your team playing a neighbor school and, you know, a little rivalry and uh, walk away with a trophy. And they do, like I said, I've, I've covered this district through all the championships. They do take that uh, real serious up there, and that's kind of cool. You don't see that as much. I know. I know District Seven out in Pittsburgh always has has really taken a uh, a lot of pride in their Whippeal Championship, and it just seems mm-hmm. District One District One cares about it, but it, it's not what some of those other leagues, and certainly the Catholic League Championship, has taken on a diminished a diminished significance since they started getting involved in the state playoffs and everything. But I'm sure okay. we can talk forever about all these games scheduled this week. But stick to the playoffs and. Uh, you know, we'll be back next week, and we'll talk about who advances. If nobody advances, we'll find something to talk about. Um, <laughs> absolutely, not, absolutely. And that's the good news. Um, Drew, I will see you next week. And be sure to follow Drew at DMarkle um, on Twitter. He will be doing updates from the Penridge game on Friday night and the Palisades game on Saturday. And follow me at Todd R. Thorpe. I will be up in Old Forge where Bristol is playing the state playoff game. That's one game we didn't get a chance to talk about. But Bristol yeah. is playing in Old Forge. And you wonder where the heck's Old Forge. Um, that's just north of Wilkesbury, in between Wilkesbury and Scranton. So, Todd, I, Todd, I have heard that Old Forge is nice this time of year. Yeah, it's <laughs> it could be an interesting game, and uh, you know Bristol's two and three, and uh, they have a chance to um, you know see what they can do. And that's 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 just this that's what it is this time of year. But for Drew Markle, I'm Todd Thorpe. High school game on, and we will see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.